Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide from Atlanta, Georgia, where it is beautiful. The weather, gosh, it's been delightful. Um, if I wouldn't hurt so bad with my foot, I would want to be on the golf course this afternoon with a scar and a glass of bourbon. They have the scar and bourbon and just not the golf. Nonetheless, I digress. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I'm going to talk about my favorite topic, me. <laughs> not really, not really, but just bear with me here. <laughs> so uh, there, there's a car dealership in the Atlanta area, Jim Ellis. I have bought uh, multiple vehicles from Jim Ellis, uh, Yukon Denali's in the last three. Uh, so I I love my Yukon, uh, and I've, I've loved the ones that I've had. I had a Chevy Tahoe. Before that, I had a 4Runner. I've gone through cars. I put about 100,000 miles every three years on cars, and I travel so much. I like to have new cars, but I also like to have new cars for another reason, and I'm sorry, Dave Ramsey. When I went to college, my parents, this was in the mid-'90s, got me a 1984 Buick Regal. I was that guy. Did not have the cool car, but it was a reliable car. For a while, it had been garage kept by an older gentleman. It only had 10,000 miles on it, even though it was a 1984, and this was 10 years, a decade later. It had about 1,000 miles a year on it. It finally fell apart, and my parents uh, found me. My brother-in-law was a brilliant mechanic, and could pretty much, he can, to this day, pretty much fix anything. He was uh, um, in the Navy and just knew how to build things and could fix up cars. And I, I got a little bitty Buick Skylark, 1990s era, white Buick Skylark. Um, I got out of law school. My parents made me pay my way through law school, but they'd cover the car note. When I got out, I had to pay the rest of it off. And uh, at one point, I didn't have the money to buy a new car. And that car started having failure on the back windows where they wouldn't stay put. And for a very long time, I was driving around a, a car that was starting to fall apart. The windows were literally held up with duct tape. Because if you didn't hold them up with duct tape, water was getting inside the door and then leaking into the car. And the car smelled like mildew. And uh, we were having a, a, a kid. My wife had received an inheritance for a grandmother, had a brand new Ford Explorer. And I had this falling apart car. And I finally uh, got rid of that car and bought my sister-in-law's Acura that already had about 100,000 miles on it. And it was a nice car. It was a comfortable car. It was a very old car, did not have bells and whistles. In fact, some of the buttons had actually fallen into the console, but I, I couldn't afford a nice car. Could not afford. I couldn't afford a good used car at the time. I, we were not making a ton of money. My wife had had a double mastectomy and was going through reconstruction surgeries, and we had massive co-pays on the insurance we had. We had medical bills to pay. I couldn't afford it. Could not afford nice things at all. Um, we couldn't afford to travel. We couldn't afford vacations. There were just a lot of things we couldn't afford because we were paying medical bills, the cost of kids, and, and I was not going to buy a new car. I had cars held together with duct tape and prayer. And when I finally got hired by CNN, making more money than I had ever made, I bought a brand new Toyota 4Runner. The model they have now, it was the first year of that model. And I love, to this day, I wish I still had that 4Runner. 
it was it was a fantastic vehicle. But as we had two kids and then we got a dog and we're not light packers, we needed a um we needed a bigger car. So I got a Chevy Tahoe, which I'd always wanted a Tahoe and I finally had one. Well, for a while, I was doing an advertising deal with this company in Atlanta called Jim Ellis. Great people, wonderful family. They've had a lot of tragedy in the last year. Um, Mr. Ellis, who owned the company at the time, ultimately decided he didn't want a political talk show host uh, being his voice on radio, but they had put me in a very nice Yukon Denali. And I finally traded in my Tahoe for this Denali and kept it. The kids loved it. Got about 100,000 miles on it, traded it in for a new one, got about 100,000 miles on it, traded in for the one I have now. And it is this one. It's the 2021 model. It was the brand new design. And I've had a series of problems with it. And the current problem is the the steering column has locked up. And I called them today. I dropped it off. It had to be towed on Monday to them, not to Jamellis, but to a different dealership closer to me. Uh, they're about an hour and a half away, but this dealership's just down the street and towed it to them. And they're like, we, we can't even get it in the garage. We're going to have to have a tow truck tow it into the garage to check on it. Plus, it's had to have the engine rebuilt. It doesn't even have 45,000 miles on it. It's frustrating, but I love the car. It's comfortable to ride. It's a huge car, and I like a big car. I have a, I've got a wife. I've got two kids. i got a dog, and some people in my family cannot pack light. And there are a lot of people I know who pack light, but they've got three or four kids and a dog. And they need a big vehicle. I bring all of this up to say, one, yes, I have a nice car, but I do want you to understand, I, for a long time, literally had cars held together with string, duct tape, and prayer. And so I don't feel guilty about having a nice car and keeping myself in a nice car. I drive an extraordinary amount. I can afford it, so I get it. The Biden administration, however, wants to make it virtually impossible for you, me, or anyone else to be able to do that in the future Joe Biden has decided to force Americans to small battery-powered vehicles. He has essentially decided to cut in half the uh, emission standard for American vehicles. This is from uh, Politico. President Biden's climate agenda is showing some teeth. After more than a year of offering incentives for industries to invest in clean energy, the Biden administration announced what it called the most ambitious auto pollution rules in history with the aim of accelerating the shift to electric vehicles. The standard could result in battery-powered cars and trucks making up two-thirds of new light vehicle sales by 2023, according to the EPA, while reducing oil imports, saving motorists thousands of dollars in fuel and maintenance costs, lessening air pollution deaths, and cutting greenhouse gas pollution that's warming the planet. This is, is Joe Biden said in a different context, a big effing deal. What he intends to do is cut pollution in half in automakers. It would essentially force all cars and truck sales to become electric, uh, or 67% of all car and truck sales to become electric by 2023. Some lawmakers say it's too ambitious of a timeline. Let me explain to you the problem here. If every American vehicle becomes electric tomorrow, we don't have a power grid that can sustain the charging. We don't have the lithium resources to switch to battery-powered cars. 
In fact, this shift by the Biden administration makes China more powerful because China controls most of the rare earth minerals that we will need. Now, the media, of course, doesn't care. The media loves this. Uh, They're not going to report on all of the stuff that it's going to enrich China at our expense. Part of the problem here is they're trying to drive up costs on the American middle class to force changes in behavior. There will be heavy trucks that I'll be able to afford a fossil fuel burning, uh, internal combustion engine, General Motors, Yukon Denali, if GM still makes them. But there are lots of complications. Let me read you. This is actually, I'm surprised Politico would put this in, but they did. Some supporters of the climate policy say they worry about a host of complications, including consumers' ability to afford the $50,000 and up price of many electric vehicles now on the market. Biden's signature climate law offered $7,500 tax breaks to lessen the sticker shock, but the Treasury Department announced rules just two weeks ago that will make those credits difficult to get. Under the EPA proposal unveiled Wednesday, carbon dioxide emissions for new cars and light trucks would need to fall by 49%. The agency also proposed tightening standards for medium and heavy-duty vehicles, with the latter including dump trucks, school buses, and tractor trailers. Debbie Dingell, Democratic Congresswoman from Michigan, says, quote, Everyone cares about global warming, but I'm hearing from too many people in this country, and I mean strong Democrats in this country, that they can't afford an electric vehicle. There's also the problem with charging. You know, the Wall Street Journal did a story a while back. Uh, The reporters got savaged by environmentalists. But they decided to take a road trip in an electric car from New Orleans to Chicago and back over a week. And they wrote about how difficult it was to charge and how far behind they fell and almost missed a meeting in New Orleans on the way back because it was an incredible burden to charge the cars. And a lot of high-speed chargers aren't really high-speed chargers. Tesla may have it dialed in, but Phony Stark just continues to ruin Twitter and that company, and I wouldn't invest a whole lot in anything that Phony Stark is selling these days. That would be Elon Musk. There's also the size of the cars. You know, I go to church with a lot of people who have large families. In fact, I know several families who have 15-passenger vans. They don't do them because they want them. They do them because they need them for all their kids. My kids are in school with a family that could be their own platoon in the military. They got so many kids. I've got a friend of mine in Atlanta. I think they're on number 17. You may be horrified by that, but I know a lot of people in the Christian community who when God says be fruitful and multiply, they take him seriously. They got a lot of kids. I mean, even in my family growing up, my parents had, had three of us, which isn't a, a large family. By today's standards, it kind of is a large family. But we would take road trips. My parents would rent, we would come home from Dubai, and they would rent the biggest Cadillac possible that could hold all of us and all of our junk. And we would go travel America to see my dad's uh, sisters. And, and we'd go to South Carolina and go from South Carolina down to uh, Florida and then go from Florida back to Louisiana where my parents lived or sometimes we'd go over to Texas and see my mom's family there we'd drive over the place and, and you needed a big car you need big cars and the Biden administration essentially wants to make the big car extinct wants to make the big SUV extinct 
And frankly, I, I mean, GM is just ruining it with some of their things. They, they want to get rid of CarPlay in GM vehicles. I, I will stop buying General Motors vehicles if they stop being compatible with my iPhone because I use my iPhone way more than I use my car, and I don't want to use some crap GM interface because GM makes a terrible interface in their cars. They always have. They claim they're improved in their garbage. I'll go back to Toyota and maybe get a, see one of their big SUVs or go back to my 4Runner when the kids move out. The car manufacturers are their own worst enemies in this stuff, but the Biden administration is genuinely making us more indebted to China, making us more emboldened, uh, making the BRIC nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, uh, more emboldened, indebting us to them, uh, driving up manufacturing costs, driving up the cost of vehicles, all to save the planet. Apparently, the way the planet is saved is to allow China to become the number one entity on the planet, which is what's going to happen when the Biden administration does this stuff. And by the way, they don't even do anything to save the environment in China. They just pretend to, and they're lying. The Biden administration is ruining the domestic auto manufacturing in this country. They are ruining the ability of families to have affordable vehicles. They are ruining the ability of the of the poor to even buy uh, uh, a vehicle. I, I mentioned the other day that the average price of a new car now is over $60,000. The average price of a used vehicle in this country now, it makes it unaffordable for the middle class and the poor. And now they're going to do this. They do not care about you. They are worshiping idols, and they are uh, they are enslaving us to their idols. They're making sacrifices to their idols. They want to save Mother Earth, not the middle class. And the middle class is going to turn on them, hopefully very soon. I keep having friends tell me they realized I was right. Every time you wash sheets from Bowling Branch, they get softer and softer. They're the most luxurious sheets. The highest quality, incredible craftsmanship with just unmatched softness, 100% traceable organic cotton. It gets softer with every wash. I tell you guys that it's true. I can tell you it's a big difference, and I have bought different pairs of sheets to try to find some best. I keep coming back to my Bowling Brand sheets. They're incredible. They're buttery to the touch, super breathable. They're perfect for cooler weather and warmer weather. Why the drape? You actually feel like you've got something of substance on you so you can snuggle in, but you don't get overwhelmingly hot in the during the summertime, and it's just the perfect weight under the blanket as well during the wintertime. I love Bowling Brand sheets. They're so luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Got over 10,000 raving reviews. Right now, get 15% off your first order when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlingBranch.com. That's BowlingBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi there. Welcome. Eric Erickson, across the nation. It is my real name. This is my real show. And the phone number is 877-973-7425. And I am going to go talk to Bart. Welcome to the show, Bart. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, uh, I listened to your uh, comments about the uh, Biden administration. I just had to call in. All right. Uh, yeah. They are uh, they are really smoking something. And if you want to watch what's going to happen out in California, I did an analysis. I have an engineering degree from Purdue and uh, did an analysis for fun on California going to all electric cars. Uh, they would have to add one complete nuclear reactor like Plant Vogel every single year 
to just add to, uh, the power necessary and the energy necessary to their power grid. And if, wow. you, if you figure out the uh, the entire country, you know, if they, they use two million, two million new cars in uh, California, but the country is roughly 14 million new cars, that would be seven new nuclear reactors every year to add to the power grid with uh, zero emissions. Uh, they gracious. are going about it in the exact wrong way from an engineering standpoint. Yeah, you know, it, it, it does seem like there's no incentive to build new nuclear power plants in this country or anything else. You've demanding that they add all this electri- electrified stuff to the grid without uh, trying to even accommodate that much new stuff on the electric grid. And even the, the for example, the electric cars you get, you can buy, like I, a buddy of mine has the high-speed charger at his house. He's got a Tesla, and he loves his Tesla. He, he genuinely loves his Tesla. But like he was saying, it's it still doesn't charge like the Tesla superchargers, and there aren't there isn't any sort of initiative out there. Like for example, if, if I were President Biden, one thing I would be pushing Congress to do if I believed in this stuff would be to allow local gas stations at a, a refundable tax cost to put in high-speed power chargers at the gas stations so all of the existing gas stations in the country can also have high-speed uh, superchargers at their stations so people come in and charge their cars if they're electric. It seems like that would make a ton of sense to do, and they're not doing stuff like that. Uh, another issue here with, with, with these cars and stuff that they're doing is just the lack of lithium. I mean, we don't have enough lithium on the planet to be able to roll everyone over efficiently into doing something like this. And I was just, I can't play this clip because there's so much profanity in it, but there's this group called the Young Turks. They are hyper-progressive partisans, Bernie Sanders supporters. One of them is named Anna Kasparin, uh, Kasparian, and she was talking about her experience in California. She's on her homeowners association board, and they're trying to put in electric charging stations for the homeowners, and they can't do it because they don't have the money and they can't raise HOV fees enough in California to be able to afford to put it in given the regulatory cost in California. And the guy she's with says, well, what about the tax credits? And she says, F the tax credits. We don't have the money now to pay for it. They want us to pay for it with money we don't have and refund it to us next year when we file taxes. You don't live life like that. She's furious about it. She dropped so many F-bombs, I can't play it on the radio. But she's finding out that her idealized vision of the world doesn't actually work that way in the real world. Watching progressives come to reality sometimes is a very funny experience. Hi there. Welcome. How are you? It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Want to go back to the phones? Bill, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Bill, welcome. How are you doing, Eric? Great. How about yourself? Ah, fantastic. Had a good day at work. On my way home. Going to pick up my kid. It's it's a good day. Good. So I I wanted to get your uh, your take on um, if you think there's any validity to the idea that a lot of these things that we're seeing with transgenderism, with cars being having to be small so that you can't have a large family, with um, uh, you know with the the climate movement and stuff like that, that 
one of the underpinnings for this is actually to not just control the human population, but actually force a reduction in the human population, because a lot of the climate activists, they're claiming that we are killing the planet, so let's get rid of people. Um, and you see, especially in areas that are more liberal, that, that like the increase of transgender or these types of programs have ex absolutely exploded in the last couple of years. So I'm just wondering what your take on that would be, that a lot of the, the underlying part of this is to actually reduce world population, get people to stop having kids or not have as many kids or get rid of people in general. Bill, I, I, I'm sitting here chuckling. I, I literally did a monologue on this last week, and yes, I am 100% convinced. I mean, listen, let's just look at this. You're you're trying to force uh, drive up costs on people when it comes to vehicles and put them in smaller vehicles. Therefore, you can't have as many kids. Uh, you're telling existing kids that they need to be sterilized by transitioning so that they can't reproduce. Uh, time and time again. It all comes back to population control, whether it's the environmentalist movement, the transgender movement, uh, abortion, you name it, time and time again. It, it, it's, it's a wonder that the left hasn't really embraced gun proliferation, um, given the, the, the homicide rate in certain communities in this country. And they are completely about population control. Now, I, I have a personal theory, Bill, and this is the one that, that people raise an eyebrow at me like, is he serious or is he nuts? Uh, I'm serious, but it's theological, uh, which is why some people think I'm nuts when I say it. But, you know, in Scripture, uh, Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And the devil, of course, knows that's what Scripture says. And my personal theory is that the devil says, well, if the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, I'm at least going to limit the number of people who might be in the church. And yeah. the secular ideologues are pushing agendas that all come back to reducing the population on the planet. Uh, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, when you look at every aspect of the left's major agenda, it comes to reducing the number of people on the planet. Wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> well, good, good. I'm, I'm glad you do. I, and there are people out there who, when they hear me say it, they say, oh, this guy's nuts. I'm, I'm actually really serious on this. And thanks, Bill, for the phone call that, uh, that there is something in left-wing ideology. And I think at a theological level, it comes back to if the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church, the devil's going to limit the number of them. And you limit it through pushing the idea of transgenderism. Uh, did God really say he made us male and female? Can't we ourselves do this? Did God really say that um, be good stewards of the planet and, and um, allow the production of the planet to increase and, and control the harvest? Maybe maybe we need to stop planting certain things. Maybe we need to plan our future differently. Maybe we need to allow the rewilding of the planet instead of actually exercising some level of dominion over it. Um, let's have abortion. Let, let's call it a human right. Let's allow and convince women that it is their bodily control to kill the child within so that they don't reproduce. And then for those who try to reproduce, let's burden them so much with a ridiculous costs that it's just too costly for them to have a lot of kids. I'm telling you, you want to be a cultural iconoclast and countercultural now? You get married and you have a lot of kids and go to church. That will set you apart from the rest of humanity these days. And if you can't have kids adopt or, or foster kids and get them into a loving household, that is so countercultural these days. 
and then you go out and you buy a big SUV and watch your liberal neighbors cringe. If you can afford one, that's the problem. Um, the, the used car market of, of older vehicles, I think, is going to be around for a good little while. And I expect the next big job transition we're going to see is a lot of people who have been auto mechanics uh, specializing in the repair of older vehicles. Now, let's go back to those. Bev, you're going to be up next. Welcome to The Eric Erickson Show. Hi, was that Bev? Yes. Hey, hey, Eric, I have a question for you. Um, I heard a news report that insurance rates are going to skyrocket because of the electric vehicles and that they can't do even the low-level repairs that they do now on a combustible engine because it's going to be cost-prohibited and they're going to have to replace basically the cars. They can't repair the batteries, so therefore uh, collisions and things like that are going to just actually make insurance have to replace vehicles rather than repair them. Have you heard anything about that? Yes, I have. Uh, given the instability of the lithium battery, once damaged, it can set fire, so it, it becomes very hard to deal with them. It's not just that. The way a lot of electric vehicles are made, uh, you you can't replace. like it, we, So I've got a dent in the side of my car. I bought it, and about a week after I bought it, I went fly fishing, and it was pouring down rain, and the as I was making a left-hand turn, the pavement down this hill gave way. I was up in the mountains, and I slid into a foam bowl. And it's, you can't really notice the dent. I notice it because it was a week-old vehicle, and I notice it. Most people, yeah, i got to point it out to them. But I can take that panel and get the panel swapped out. The way, for example, a Tesla is made and the body is molded, you can't do panels. you got to replace an entire section of an outer shell. It becomes extremely expensive and time-consuming. I, I know people who have Teslas, friends of mine, and when they have problems with their car, it can be six months to get them repaired. Um, and in, in the, the cost of it is extremely cost prohibitive. Insurance absolutely does go up and will go up. Um, electric vehicles are deeply, deeply uh, expensive when it comes to making repairs. Now, the corollary there is that because of the low center of gravity and the batteries and the way they're placed, electric vehicles are also very safe. So if you're in a car crash in a Tesla, uh, the odds of you being seriously injured are actually less unless you're on autopilot and slide up under an 18-wheeler and decapitate yourself, as has happened, although Tesla denies these sorts of things happen and stuff. you got to be careful when you talk about Tesla. They don't like you to talk about how many fire, how many of them catch on fire and stuff like that. Um, but while an electric car can be a safer vehicle because of its low center of gravity and the crash points in the car and the crumple zones and stuff, uh, if you cause damage to one, it is really expensive, and there's a lot of wait time. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at my vehicle. Uh, I put I had to have my Yukon towed to the local GM on Monday. It broke down Saturday night at nine thirty, and the next day was Easter, so I left it in the Publix parking lot. Thank you, Publix, for not towing my car. On Monday morning, I got it towed. It hasn't even been looked at yet because I called the garage right before the show started and said, hey, I haven't heard anything about my car. I dropped it off on Monday. And they said, yeah, the steering column is so locked up, we can't get it unlocked, so we got to get a tow truck to tow it from the parking lot into the garage to put it on a rack to see what's up. It's like, oh, gosh. So I'm going to be a week or more in the garage, but if it were an electric vehicle, it could be six months. They're just not practical vehicles. Look, I, I, I'm not telling you don't go buy a Tesla. I've got a buddy of mine 
who loves his Tesla. He is a uh, he's an evangelist for Tesla. I took him to dinner at Table in Maine uh, up in um, Atlanta, uh, my favorite restaurant. He was here a while back. Philip went with me and my daughter went with me, and he loves his Tesla, absolutely loves it. And the Tesla supercharging stations are actually remarkable. You, The Tesla is the only electric vehicle that you can drive from Key West, Florida to Seattle, Washington, and they have a they have charging stations on every major route for you to be able to get there efficiently and it takes 15 20 minutes for the high speed charger the problem is over time the battery does wear out and it's a very expensive replacement once you wear out the battery a buddy of mine just got a tesla he loves his tesla in fact he rigged it up so it's kind of funny he comes over to the house he's down the hall from me right now he's the cfo for for my radio company he's down the hall from me and he's rigged up his tesla where the horn plays a fart noise. And so we can sit on the front porch and as people walk past his car, it farts. It's hilarious. The people's reaction as they walk past, hilarious. But also he noted that in the efficiency of the Tesla and its range that when you're driving fast on the interstate and you try to go around someone and accelerate to go around them, you see that that efficiency drop. And so it doesn't get you as far as, as you want. It, it's designed for you to hold steady in your lane and you're driving fast or whatnot, it's not efficient in that regard. I can take my Yukon Denali, I can fill it up, leave my house, and I can drive all the way down to Cape Canaveral on a tank of gas. It's remarkable. Gets great gas mileage on the interstate. If I need to stop and fill it up, I can fill it up, I can fill it up, run to the bathroom, and come back in less than 10 minutes and keep going. You can't do that with an electric vehicle. Uh, And you know what the Biden administration says is that, well, you're going to want two vehicles. You're going to want a vehicle that is your everyday use vehicle and your vehicle that is your long-distance road trip vehicle. And maybe you don't have to own that vehicle. You just rent one when you go on a vacation. I'm sorry, but renting is absurd. I'm renting a vehicle this week because of my car. And I got a piece of crap Dodge. I do not like Dodge vehicles. My apologies if I offend anyone for saying that. I don't like the user interface. I don't like the electronics. And this car, it, it has no bells and whistles whatsoever. Uh, in fact, when I, I roll up and down the window, I got to remember to hold it because I'm so used to just being able to touch mine. And it doesn't automatically connect to, to my phone. That's the most infuriating thing with this rental car is it's got Bluetooth, but it will not automatically connect when I get in the car. Like, why won't you just automatically connect to my, why do I have to push the button every time I get in the car? I thought about renting my car for the week, but it was like $1,000 for a week to rent a car. That's my car payment. $1,000 for a rental week, for a week is just absurd. No, thank you. It's the idea that the Biden, and by the way, I'm not making this up. They actually have suggested that you just have your electric battery-powered car for your commuting car, and then if you're on a road trip, you just go rent a car, or or you buy a big uh, fossil fuel-burning vehicle. For th- This isn't practical, folks. These people live in a reality you and I do not live in, and it's just amazing to watch them when they finally, when reality dawns on them, the world they have made. And I keep expecting Americans to get inf- infuriated with this stuff, but more and more people, they've just given up on the fight. They're, they're tired of fighting. They're like, yeah, okay, I guess, whatever. I'll just, I'll just give up now. No more road trips for my family, whatever. Nobody wants to stand up and fight and vote for the other side. Yes, vote Republican. 
kill this fuel efficiency standard. You got time when when this stuff comes up. It's just maddening to me to see so many Americans who are so aggravated with this stuff and they don't even want to stand up and vote against their, their, the transgenderism stuff. They don't like it. They don't want their kids to deal with it, but they just hope somebody else picks the fight instead of themselves. You do have the right to go vote these people out, and you should for people who will do better. But when all the Republicans offer are crazy people, I can't really blame them for not wanting crazy. They'd rather deal with this stuff because it doesn't intrude constantly than to be worried you're going to elect some nut job who starts a war with a tweet. I, I do get it. I may disagree, but I totally get it. One of the groups fighting back on all this nonsense is Patriot Mobile. Thank goodness for them. They take their profits and give it to conservative candidates and conservative causes. And all you have to do is take your cell phone service to them. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers your service is probably already using. You can even give them your existing phone number and say, I want to use my phone number so nobody's got to reprogram their phone number. They'll say, okay, and they just port your existing phone number over to their system. You keep the same phone number. And if you've got an unlocked phone, you can even keep your unlocked phone. If you've got a carrier subsidized one, that won't work, but they can give you one of those. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. You get guaranteed great service, 100% U.S.-based customer service. They're Christian conservatives, and they take a portion of the profits you help them generate and give it to the causes you care about, from the Second Amendment to the pro-life movement to conservative candidates around the country. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Eric, or call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Get guaranteed great service. Do business with a company that shares your values. This is Alvin Bragg's New York. A suspect a suspect was captured on video wearing a FDNY jacket on the back and shot and killed another man execution style in a smoke shop in New York. The guy was identified and arrested, is charged with murder. The police say he also murdered a 19-year-old 30 hours before that. And get this, Alvin Bragg had allowed him out on bail after opening fire on police officers. Messiah was his name, Messiah Nadwi, 21 years old, arrested and charged in the murder of 36-year-old Brian Brunson in Sunday's Brazen Harlem Smoke Shop slaying and the murder of 19-year-old Jalen Duncan, also fatally shot in the head near Madison Avenue in Harlem. Not we, according to reports, was out on bail for the attempted murder of a police officer after allegedly firing at cops during a graffiti stop in the Bronx. He was out on bail. Those two, after shooting at police officers, was out on bail. Those two men would have been alive, and the gun violence would not have happened had Alvin Bragg enforced the law. Instead, he's busy hauling Donald Trump. And it, it is bitterly ironic that had Donald Trump actually shot someone on Fifth Avenue, he'd be less likely to be indicted by Alvin Bragg than for doing what he did. Uh, and now Bragg, I, I was going to start the show with this, but there was no reason to. It's such a stupid thing. Bragg, Alvin Bragg, has filed a case in the federal court in the Southern District of New York demanding that the judge enjoin Jim Jordan from questioning the purpose of litigation. Jim Jordan subpoenaed a guy who used to work in the DA's office and no longer works there. 
to ask the guy about the case. Bragg is suing that guy and Jim Jordan, tried to get a temporary restraining order. The federal judge declined to issue the restraining order for Bragg. The idea that Congress cannot investigate the DA's office, which, by the way, takes federal taxpayer dollars, is absurd. What is notable is that all of the people who were demanding that all the Republicans comply with congressional subpoenas are awful quiet in this or say, well, Jim Jordan did comply. Why should he? Well, Jim Jordan was able to go to court and try to fight the subpoena, and and they ran out the clock. Alvin Bragg's not going to run out the clock on this investigation. It's not going to happen. Uh, And the fact that he thinks that Congress can't investigate an office that takes federal taxpayer dollars is absurd. This whole thing is absurd. Um, More and more Democrats, I I played you all the, the Saturday Night Live Get on CNN, the where Anderson Cooper reads you the indictment, and Wolf Blitzer comments on how Trump has small hands. That uh, Democrats are starting to realize this is not the case. They're not going to get Donald Trump on this, and they can't even fathom that they're not going to be able to get him. That they, they are so convinced of their righteousness in this case, so convinced that he should go to prison. They don't care why he goes to prison. They just want him to, and he's not. And meanwhile, in New York, a man who shot at police officers was let out of prison by Alvin Bragg and then murdered two people. I wonder if they'll let him out again without bail. Uh, Absolutely just infuriating. This is the lawlessness that goes on. Democrats want to lecture us on rounding up our guns when if they would just enforce existing laws and keep people behind bars, we wouldn't have the amount of gun deaths in this country we have. That is just a simple, difficult fact Democrats don't want to deal with. 